You're listening to episode number 33 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about problems caused by food sensitivities, inflammation on keto, and steps to reversing inflammation. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com and this is the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. What's keto? Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. A little thank you for all of the podcast listeners and supporters. I met many of you on the book tour and I'm so thankful for each and every single one of you. If you're in need of a little boost of keto support, I've created a special offer exclusive to podcast listeners only. Use the coupon code LOVE on healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop and receive 15% off anything your little heart desires from weekly keto meal plans with balanced keto to my epic pack of keto resources with the keto bundle. Again, that's love for 15% off at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. The offer will be valid until June 11th, 2017. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday. I'm recording this episode a couple of months, actually like two months before it's going live. And I just got back from Expo and the air conditioning just totally crushed my immune system. I'm so sick. (laughs) So we're just going to try our best. Um, Met with a lot of great companies and it was totally worth it. Just I react to dirty air conditioning (laughs) and that's just the way my body rolls, which aligns so perfectly with today's episode. So the show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E33. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. Let's hear from one of our awesome partners. This show is sponsored by Paleo Valley. You guys know how much I love supplements. This time last year, I was taking over 50 supplements a day and it was excessive. The first step to overcoming a problem is knowing you have one in the first place, I will admit. Over the last year, I've toned down on my supplement intake substantially. I'm down to below 20 a day and I'm super proud of it. One of the reasons I was comfortable letting certain supplements go is by taking a whole food base ultra primal super nourishing organ complex from paleo valley now these guys just went out with this i've actually been taking it for quite some time but couldn't share it with you until it was live to the public so this organ complex from paleo valley is a mega nutrient dense super supplement the nutrients in just one daily dose read like the best multiple vitamin out there and it's a whole food there's vitamins a b12 b6 b5 b2 and 3 coq10 folic acid, iron, selenium, phosphorus, and zinc, copper, omega-3 fatty acids, EPA, and DHA, phosphorus, and the list goes on. The organ complex is a combination of beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney, all sourced from 100% grass-fed and finished beef organs, which are non-GMO and never given antibiotics, steroids, hormones, or grains. The capsules are 100% pure with no fillers or flow agents, gluten, grain, soy or dairy you can go to paleovalley.com forward slash hp to receive an instant 20 percent off your order of the new paleo valley organ complex 
Again, that's paleovalley.com forward slash HP to receive your instant 20% off. If you have an idea for a podcast episode or want to submit praise over and above the review, which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, you can reach me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. We have one announcement this week. Uh, Manitoba Harvest is back as a sponsor. These guys are just so great. I have loved promoting them over the years and they continue to amaze me with all of their innovation in the hemp space. I really could not live without Manitoba Harvest and I'm so excited to continue to share their products and the new things that are coming out for them. So always stay tuned to all the new products they have going on. We talk quite frequently, so I usually know what's happening and what's coming down the pipe. So all really exciting things. Today's guest, his name is Dr. James Geiselman. He earned his doctorate of chiropractic degree from Logan University in 2015 and is currently working on his master's of science degree in nutrition and human performance from Logan University and will graduate in April 2017. In October of 2016, Dr. James published his first book entitled Empower Yourself, Live Better with Optimal Nutrition. Currently, Dr. James works to educate, inspire, and empower his clients to achieve their aspirations, becoming active participants in their healthcare via his online practice. You can follow Dr. James on social media for the latest on research and other great tools meant to help you succeed with your health. To learn more about food sensitivity testing or their new Try Well program, you can visit Dr. James's website at www.drjamesdc.com. So Dr. James, he is just awesome and really knowledgeable with food sensitivities and he follows a ketogenic diet and recommends that for many of his clients. So I wanted to have him on the show to just chat about food sensitivity, testing and what to look for and how inflammation plays a role, ADD, ADHD, some autoimmune conditions and how all of that can bundle up and cause some issues for us. He also offered to answer some of your questions beyond what we were able to chat about on the podcast. So if you're wondering, you know, you're like, oh, I want to learn more about food sensitivities and its cross-relative component with different autoimmune conditions, you can head on over to the blog post for this specific episode by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E33, where he has provided some additional answers for us. So without further ado, let's cut over to the interview. Hey, James, how's it going today? Great. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. For listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, thank you. Well, I appreciate you know coming on, talking to you guys today. So my background is I went, my undergraduate degree was in psychology and I had minors in biology and chemistry. And I always knew I was going to do something in the healthcare field. And my senior year, I started looking at, I was going to go to be a, a physician's assistant. And I looked at PA schools and a lot of PA schools at the time, this was seven, eight years ago, required a lot of hands-on learning, you know, a lot of patient contact. So I started working as an EMT and then as a paramedic for about two years. So I had that medical side of me that understood the use of drugs, emergency saving drugs, but had a real tough time, you know, watching patients go to the ER for real minor things and then come out with prescriptions, antibiotics, and, and it's just kind of a thing that all healthcare does. 
So I knew that wasn't the route I wanted to do. So I started looking at chiropractic and I went to the chiropractic program. I earned my doctorate of chiropractic in April of 15, immediately moved out to Northeast Ohio, started working out there in a private practice and I was seeing all personal injury patients. So these are all patients who have been in auto accidents, who have musculoskeletal problems. And with my background as a paramedic and as a chiropractor, you know, it was, it was great. But I, the longer I was there, the more I saw a need for nutrition. And a lot of patients weren't too active in their care. It was more of a passive thing that they would come in to see me and expect to get better. And, and while chiropractic's great, you know, you really have to be invested in what? In, in your healthcare, whether it's medicine, whether it's nutrition, whether it's chiropractic, whatever it may be. So that's when I started working on my master's of nutrition and human performance. And after about a year in Ohio, I came back to Illinois, started writing a book, finished the book last fall. It's called Empower Yourself, Live Better with Optimal Nutrition. And it was a very basic book that I wrote for, you know, those who had no true nutrition background. So it was a very start to finish, like A to Z. Finished the book. And then I really wanted to look at what could I offer my patients? I was trying to decide, you know, do I open a practice? Do I continue with chiropractic? And that's when I really started focusing on functional medicine. There were a couple of courses in the master's program that I really enjoyed. Gut microbiome was one, uh, really seeing like how the gut affects health and how the gut is absolutely related to everything out there. And then nutrigenomics and nutrigenetics, which for those of you who aren't familiar with nutrigenomics and nutrigenetics, basically this is the art of personalized care. And it's really the, we're at the forefront now because testing is really expensive for that, but it's looking at the genes and trying to create customized medicine, customized nutrition for a particular patient. And that really interests me. And that's when I found food sensitivities, which we're going to talk about. And then the beginning of this year, January 1st, is when I officially launched the online practice. So it's a virtual practice. So if you're in central Illinois, I still do some chiropractic, but a lot of what I focus on is just helping the nutritional side, the functional medicine side of things. So we do food sensitivity testings, and we also have a TriWell program, which we'll talk a little bit more about too. So that's my background. Very awesome. And being that you've focused in on food sensitivities, what sort of issues are caused by, you know, if somebody's sensitive to dairy and they just continue eating it, what are some of the issues that can pop up because of that? Right. So there's actually a lot of so when you look at food sensitivities, you know, there's several different kinds. So most people think of food allergies when they think when they hear sensitivities. And a food true food allergy is, you know, you eat peanuts and you're you get itchy and you hot you have hives, or you eat shellfish, you get itchy, you get hives. Or the most extreme of that is, you know, anaphylaxis. So anaphylactic shock where your throat starts to close, you have breathing problems. And that is not what we're testing. You go to an allergist for IgE testing. Most people at this point probably know if they are allergic to something like that. You know, they can't have a bee sting or they can't eat shellfish or they can't eat peanuts. What we look at is the IgG portion of the immune system, which is more of the chronic. So a lot of our patients, you know, may have migraine headaches. They may experience GI issues, so IBS type symptoms. They may have weight loss resistance. So, you know, you're just doing a diet. You're doing a ketogenic diet, paleo diet, Mediterranean diet, whatever it may be, but you're just not getting the results that you're looking for. So you're keeping that excess weight, and that's because you're in a chronic state of inflammation. But we also see you know, fatigue, fibromyalgia patients, chronic pain patients, 
ADHD is one of them, and that's a big one. You know, a lot of the kids are just eating so much processed stuff, and and so there's an argument in in medicine and in healthcare: Are we diagnosing more kids with ADHD, or is it because like because we're better at identifying it, or is there something changing? And my viewpoint is, you know, 30 years ago there wasn't a whole lot of ADHD just because kids were kids, kids were normal. And now what do we do before we send a kid off to school? They eat a bowl of cereal full of milk. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I understand, you know, I'm not a parent and I understand you have to feed your child before they go to school, but, but we're introducing a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs right before a school day. And, and how you expect a student to sit through that, I, I have no idea. So a lot of the conditions, you know, whether it's headaches, GI upset, the weight loss, a lot of that comes back to the inflammation and chronic inflammation. And that's where a lot of this stuff stems. It stems from, like I said, from the gut microbiome class, from the GI system and inflammation. And so those are what we are addressing or trying to address. Yes. As somebody who um, was diagnosed with ADHD when I was about seven, I it was so frustrating for me because I I could feel my brain working, but there was like this veil over it. Yeah. Um, and when I went ketogenic, it just went away. Like when I went gluten-free and dairy-free, that helped, but I would have mm-hmm. my moments. But now I couldn't even imagine what that would feel like. And it was so related to food, but I was on medication for over a decade as a child because I just, I couldn't think, but my go-to snack after school was a grilled cheese sandwich, (laughs) like with the cheese and the bread (laughs) and the butter and like all the things that my body just wasn't accustomed to. But you're right. Like I'm not a parent either. I'm sure my parents probably knew that we were sensitive to dairy, (laughs) but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's like feed your child or don't feed your child. So absolutely. And I I do need to throw in a disclaimer because I think, you know, chiropractic as a profession has a, a certain mentality in the public. I am not anti-medicine, anti that stuff. I mean, I was a paramedic. I know when it has its purposes, but I believe I'm right in the middle of things. You know, I'm, I'm not too conservative, but I'm not too liberal in the sense of I don't just want people to take medicine for everything. You know, if statins are a big, big issue that I have, so I just want to throw that out. Like I am not this chiropractor who is anti-drugs by any means. I know when they have their purpose, but I do believe, you know, starting with a conservative form of treatment or therapy first is very essential. Yes, you totally. Know, why would you go in for surgery if you just needed a little, you know, conservative care? Like I'm not criticizing if anybody's on medication. That's not it at all. But knowing that there could be a conservative approach, you know, looking at the food sensitivities is a big key just for education purposes. Yeah, looking at all the options. You're exactly. you, you're not totally pro antibiotics or statins. I'm a, I'm the same way. Sometimes you need medication. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some medications I just need to take. Period. But to know that there's another alternative or that you can heal while you do that, I think that that's really important. You don't just have to do the medication. You can look at alternative forms of healing while you're also on the medications. Mm-hmm. Does using food to heal the gut lessen inflammation all over the body? And what foods would you recommend to eat or avoid, you know, when you're doing that healing? Say you're on medication and you're also trying to heal the body. Mm -hmm. What are some of the foods that you would recommend people consume? Well, that's a that's a funny question because (laughs) I know. You know, a lot of the time and it's a good segue. So, you know, people that watch Doctor Oz like I remember when pineapple was the big thing. Pineapple has bromelain in it, and bromelain is, 
you know, known to help with pain. It's kind of a conservative approach. But guess what? Some people may react to pineapple and may actually create inflammation. And so there's really not a certain food that I would recommend in the sense of everybody's different. So I think being tested is key. So like recently, like I've been doing a ketogenic diet since the first part of December. And I love dairy. I'm a big cheese guy. I mean, I don't like milk per se. And I know it's kind of odd. I don't drink milk, but I love dairy, different kinds of cheeses, eggs. And I was recently, I tested myself and I was through the roof in the avoid category for dairy, mozzarella cheese, cottage cheese, whey, casein. So my body reacts very heavily. And so when you're ingesting foods that you, you know, I thought I was doing good on a ketogenic diet. I was meeting my macros, my, my fats were good, my proteins were good, my carbs were great because they were so low. I thought I was doing everything right, but for the past three months, I've been creating a state of inflammation within the body. And so, you know, the first step is finding out what foods you react to. Once you know what foods you, you react to, you can create a customized diet plan. And, and so that's the key, you know, whether or not you're following keto, whether you're following paleo, whether you're following a Mediterranean diet. If you're ingesting foods that you are reacting to and, you know, it can have a real adverse effect. And so what I like to see is patients that find out what they react to, take those out, and then watch how the body changes. But, you know, the, the big eight, the definite ones to avoid, and the list kind of goes back and forth, but dairy, eggs, gluten, soy, and tree nuts are pretty much on every list of foods that you can react to heavily. Then from there, it kind of goes peanuts, shellfish, even nightshade vegetables, the nightshade vegetables don't include like your sweet potatoes, though. So, I mean, foods that people think, oh, you know, are really healthy for me, I'm going to do this, you know, vegetarian diet. Well, on a vegetarian diet, you may react to spinach, green beans, you know, things that you think are healthy, quote unquote healthy, because we've learned it from Dr. Oz or we, you know, grandma said to always eat a cup of spinach. Like your body may react to that and it may have the absolute adverse reaction. So by replacing it, you allow the gut to begin to heal. And we don't just food test. Like we also recommend a new diet, but we also recommend certain supplements. So I'm big on probiotics and I'm big on omega-3s. And when the body and when the gut is able to start to heal and it starts to get that inflammation down, it has a systemic wide effect. So like I said, you know, headaches, patient comes in with headaches. Well, it could be the green beans you had two nights ago. Because remember, the IgG reaction is a chronic inflammation, and that can have you know, 24, 48, even a 72-hour delayed response. So that's why you know, not only can you food test, you can do something called an elimination diet. And I know some of your listeners have probably heard of an elimination diet before. The problem I find with an elimination diet is it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of willpower, and a lot of time. But if you wanted to try, but it's definitely the cheaper route. I mean, I will say that. So if you wanted to try an elimination diet, I would say do it at least for three to six months. And, and different people have different philosophies on it. But if I were going to recommend an elimination diet to someone, I would say cut out the big eight. And again, we've just, we've severely decreased your diet there, okay? We've taken out the dairy, eggs, gluten, soy, tree nuts, and we've taken out a bunch of stuff. And then gradually, as the body is able to kind of reset itself, you can start implementing one food at a time. You can see if you react to that food. 
and then, you know, because if you feel a change, you know, the big key is listen to your body. So if you feel a change, that's the food that you're sensitive to and tolerant to, take it out. On the flip side, the more expensive option, but the quicker option is to do the simple blood test. You find out what you're reacting to, and in two weeks, you can start to heal yourself instead of six months. Totally, yeah. More on my interview with Dr. James Geiselman after this message from one of our podcast partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true North strong and free, but gosh, I'm pretty jealous of you all in the US because you get access to Thrive Market while I'm stuck with limited access to the abundance of health foods that you all know and love. We have 14 day shipping and everything's really expensive and forget about free shipping. That's always out of the question. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping and and a 30-day trial so you can reorder your favorites a couple of weeks down the road. Imagine spending only $9.95 as opposed to the $20.99 on raw cacao powder, or $15.65 as opposed to $24.99 on MCT oil if you go to a retail store. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra 35% off your first box of organic and non-GMO products plus free shipping is going to make a regular $100 grocery run into about a 50 maybe $75 Thrive Market order for the same amount of things. You can go to thrivemarket.com forward slash HP to get your instant 35% off and this offer will expire in a couple of weeks. So if you're on the fence about it, the time is now. Again, that's thrivemarket.com forward slash HP to get your instant 35% off and this offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only and people in the U.S. Wah, wah. With the sign, like what are the signs that you are inflamed or sensitive to a food? Is there something that people can watch for? I know for myself it's quite random, but I know my body pretty well. So I can tell very quickly like what food doesn't work well for me, but for people that maybe aren't as in tune with their body or they're just learning how to do this, are there signs of inflammation or food sensitivity happenings? Yeah. So again, you know, it goes back to everybody's different. And I will say, listen to your body. A lot of patients who come for food sensitivity testing kind of see this as a last resort. Like they've gone to their doctor, they know something's not right there. But let's say migraines, for instance. So they have migraines that are constant, you know, they're kind of intermittent, but they have quite a few every month. And they go to the doctor and they do all this testing and the doc, they've ordered five, $6,000 for the test. The doctor comes back and says, you're fine. Everything was negative. Now that's great to know from a serious standpoint, but from a practical standpoint, you as the patient still know that you're having migraines and you're not fine. And so listening to your body is key. And so that's why people, you know, come for the food sensitivity testings. Like, and let's just say it's dairy. Let's say that, you know, tonight I eat a steak. And if I was on the keto diet, I, was, I would have a steak, but I would top it with, you know, different, like a mozzarella cheese or something. Let's just say that. Well, two days from now, I may have a headache, and I don't know why. And as a chiropractor, I'm going to think I just need an adjustment. But you can, you can watch your body. Without really doing a food elimination diet, though, like without putting it back in, it's really hard to tell just simply because of the delayed responses because it is 24, 72 hours ahead of when you ate it. It's hard to really pinpoint. 
but I would say, you know, different types of, you know, different types of inflammatory responses. So like, look for the headache, look for the GI upset. A lot of people think GI upset like right after they eat, but you know, with dairy, a lot of people have bloating after dairy. Well, bloating isn't a normal thing to have after dairy. Like, it's not like you eat dairy and expect bloating. You see what I mean? Like, so I mean, you really have to be keen to your body. You really have to pay attention to what your body's telling you. But I wouldn't say there's one particular condition that all patients have. You know, if I was going to say a, an allergic reaction, I would say look for hives, itching, and things like that. With, but that's going to be an immediate. You know, I just ate the peanuts and now I have hives all over myself. That would be pretty obvious to see as a clinician, as a paramedic, as a medical doctor in the ER. With the food sensitivities, you're going to come in with GI upset, weight loss, resistance. You're going to have the migraines, like I said. And you're just not going to put two and two together. To, to you, it's just going to be a migraine. I get migraines, so I get migraines. Mm. But in reality, you shouldn't get migraines like that. Yeah, I think some of the things that I notice when I've had not so good oils is that I get like these, like I, I get really puffy eyes mm-hmm. underneath my eyes. The bags happen and it's only when I eat canola oil or some sort of vegetable oil, any of those refined oils, like constipation, diarrhea, dry skin. I react, you know, like a couple of days after having something, my arms will get really dry or acne. For example, with dairy, specifically ghee, I get acne on my forehead only. Like it's just my forehead. And that's how I know whether or not somebody's tricked me by putting (laughs) butter or ghee in something. I'm like, nope, there was definitely dairy in that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you start. And see, you're you're very keen to what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, mean, if you're eating dairy, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you have been for the last six months, you're probably not going to be able to find out that dairy was your reactor until you take it out. Now, in your case... Now that you know what you're looking for, you know, if you have that oil or you have the ghee or whatever, you react to it. And so you can, you know, if it's, I guess what I'm saying, if you, if you eat it all the time, you're probably not going to notice what symptoms are what related to what. But if you say you've gone on vacation down to, you know, you've taken a vacation to Hawaii and you've eaten something, your diet's completely changed for a week. And when you come back to the States or wherever and you start your daily normal routine again, that's usually when people start picking up on things like, oh, you know, I felt really good down in Hawaii and I thought it was just the sun, but now I'm realizing like, oh, maybe it's what I'm eating. And so that's what I would say in terms of, you know, what kind of symptoms you can look for. But yes, skin symptoms, the puffy eyes, it's just everybody's different. So you, you really wouldn't be able to connect the two unless you already know what you kind of react to. Yeah. And would you say, I know for myself, I've been on this journey for about a decade. And when I first got started, I dealt with so many symptoms and it was so hard to understand what food was doing what. I was vegan at the time. <laughs> like I react to all vegan food. So I, yeah. I mean, it was just a hot mess. Like I, yeah. I felt like garbage. But now, you know, if I have something that doesn't agree with my body, I feel like I feel it sooner and I'm so much more in touch with that. Like uh-huh. if I have a not so awesome oil instantly, well, maybe about two hours later, my joints stiffen up. And it used to take me maybe three, four days to feel it. But now it's like instantly, you know, my body's like, nope, yep, <laughs> can't even do that. <laughs> Which, you know, I, I chat with a lot of my girlfriends because we're all kind of the same in that, you know, we're curious about our bodies and taking care of mm-hmm. ourselves. And some people would think, 
you know, out of sight, out of mind. I would rather not know. <laughs> like, yeah, I would rather exactly. just be desensitized. It's kind <laughs> of a curse to know your body so well. To kind of circle back to the first question I asked you, let's say somebody knows that they're allergic to dairy. They get these food sensitivities. They know that these things are happening. What if they say, you know what? Life's too short. I'm just going to eat all these foods and kind of ignore the problem. What sort of things can happen? Like we chatted about ADHD, ADD, um, could Hashimoto's or any sort of thing like that happen or kind of what can happen? Oh yeah. So thyroid, you know, thyroid problems, especially Hashimoto's. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's going to be the inflammation that leads to that necessarily, or that, you know, just by eating your dairy will lead to that. But they do have an inflammation, an inflammatory component, because it is an autoimmune condition. You know, nearly 50 million Americans have autoimmune conditions, whether it's lupus, MS, RA, you know, most rheumatoid arthritis, celiac disease, what have you. And it's that chronic inflammation state. So I would say, you know, like mine, I love dairy. I was on keto and I'm still on keto, but I reacted to dairy. Now, I could have very easily said, you know what, I'm going to keep doing it, no big deal. But I can't expect to see results if I'm not willing to change. And so, yeah, you know, I've been losing weight with keto. I, you know, I think the first month was 19 pounds. But since then, it's been only about another eight or nine. And it makes sense because I'm, I'm staying in a chronic state of inflammation. So now that I've changed, I'm expecting to see an accelerated weight loss. But I only, I only like to weigh once a month because I, I'm not really worried about what the scale says. And I think that should be key for a lot of people. Don't, don't worry about the scale. And when I talk to patients about uh, the, the TriWell program, which is foundation one is the food sensitivity testing. Because again, that comes back to everything. We want to know what you're going to eat. And then we do foundation two, which is, is a ketogenic approach. And foundation three is intermittent fasting. But when patients do that, which is an accelerated weight loss program, you know, it's a combination of eating the right food finally, decreasing the inflammation, doing a ketogenic approach, and the weight just seems to come off. And that's what I'm expecting now. Now, if I go back to dairy, I mean, I'm still probably going to lose some weight. I, you know, I can't say that I ever had headaches. I mean, I, I, I suffer from headaches, but I always attribute those to like a neck problems. You know, I need, I need an adjustment or something like that. But I wouldn't expect changes. So if you have an autoimmune condition and you get tested and you're reacting to green beans, garlic, spinach, and dairy. But those are your four favorite foods and you just say, I will not change. You can't make me. And you're right. I can't make you. I'm, but I'm not going to expect any changes. You know, I expect you're still going to take your medications. I, you're still going to have weight loss resistance. You're, you're still going to create that state of inflammation. And, and I want to be clear too, by no means am I saying if you cut out the inflammation, is Hashimoto's going to go away or is cancer going to go away or is heart disease going to go away? But they're all linked. You know, diabetes is linked to the gut, to the GI microbiome, which is linked to obesity. A lot of this stuff is linked to obesity. So if you can lose some weight, even a 5 to 10% reduction in weight can have a tremendous impact on your health. And so that's what I would tell you. If you don't want to change, I'm not going to make you. I can't force you. But don't expect accelerated results whether you're on keto, whether you're on paleo, Mediterranean, what have you. If you're eating the wrong foods and you're creating that inflammation, you just kind of need to adapt and feel fine with where you are. And unfortunately, that's what most people have done. Most people, you know, this isn't new. It's not like all of a sudden I just developed this sensitivity. Most people 
currently sitting there listening to this podcast say, oh, I feel fine. Well, the problem is you don't know how good you could feel. So, yes, this is fine. But when you take out some of those things, you will feel so much better. And that's what I find a lot. People say, oh, I feel fine. You know, nothing. You know, I don't, I don't have any GI upset. I'm not running to the bathroom all the time. I, I'm totally okay. But when they remove, you know, gluten from their diet, look out. It's like a brand new person. And they've just forgotten how they feel because we start on gluten as soon as we eat solid foods as a baby, you know. And, and so it's just a constant bombardment from the environment that has us conditioned to feel fine, even though our body is internally reacting to something. Yes. Like homeostasis is a powerful thing. And that's really mm-hmm. what you're talking about is just the body will work very, very hard to keep you feeling as good as you can in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. You don't know how good you can feel. I removed nuts a little while ago um, uh-huh. just because I'm allergic to peanuts, like deathly allergic, like 30 yeah. seconds until I die allergic. Oh my. Um, <laughs> and when I was little, my mom was like, no, she's not going to have any nuts whatsoever. And that's how I grew right. up. But when I became vegan, it was like, you kind of have to do nuts. Um, and you know, I went vegan for ethical reasons and also because I thought that it was the healthiest thing for my body. And I think sometimes we get so stuck up in like, you know, everyone says that this is the healthy way to eat and it's good for the environment and all those things, but we forget or, or stop listening to what our bodies are actually telling us. And I know like I removed nuts and then I just had like I don't know, maybe like four walnuts on a salad and I started sniffling Yeah, <laughs> and it was just so slight. And then my husband said, you know, it's interesting. Your YouTube videos, when you first started keto, you were always sniffling and you could yeah. almost hear yourself breathing and it sounds just like it does now. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. Like, and, so you were, and so you were able to put two and two together, but yeah. a lot of people don't. I mean, yeah. they think seasonal, oh, I have seasonal allergies. You know, no big deal. This is just that time of the year. Seasonal allergies aren't year-round, you know. So if you're still sniffling, still have a runny nose, still have a stuffy nose, you know, you're reacting to something. Either yeah. in the environment, either in your house, your home, your work. But you're constantly putting something into your, what I'll call bubble, okay? So you... You're putting something around you that you don't like. And you, you know, the homeostasis is is reacting to that. And it will do everything it can for as long as it can to keep you in a state of quote-unquote health. But just like, you know, all these conditions, it's not all of a sudden you have heart disease. You've been working on heart disease for 30 years. Or all of a sudden you have diabetes. I mean, you've been overweight for 40 years. You know, at some point the body just hits that breaking point to where it can no longer compensate and you have a condition. But the great thing with a lot of these conditions is you can reverse it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of unheard of. Like you can reverse diabetes with diet, exercise and eating the right things. Like it can happen. It's not just manageable. And there's actually some new research about the ketogenic diet having an effect on cancers. I mean, we all know it has to do with epilepsy and how therapeutic it can be. But the ketogenic diet itself, there's more and more research coming out to show therapeutic benefits for certain conditions. So cancer is one of them. There's several studies. I think I have out of Dr. Dominic um, Diagostino's lab, if I remember correctly. One study was that you know you can actually starve the cancer, and I forget what type of cancer. I'm not saying all cancers are that way, but you know I remember, I remember reading a statistic that said only five to ten percent of cancers are hereditary. 
everything else is environmental, whether it's what we're breathing in, eating, consuming, you know, just knowing what is out there, trying to eat and prepare yourself the best way possible is key. You know, do you need organic? I mean, there's a lot of evidence that show pesticides are bad for you, and a lot of studies indicate that. But certain things you need organic, some things you don't. It's just we're so bombarded with what's cheap in in the world today, like, oh, this is quick, fast food, easy. But it's so processed. The standard American diet is so processed. It's just spiking inflammation left and right, and people just don't understand how everything's connected. And so that's why I really like to show – you know, the different studies on whether it's the Instagram account, trying to not only educate about food sensitivities, but just educate about what else is out there. Like, you know, this recent study said this, and one of the biggest studies, this is just a side tangent that I was really captivated by. I don't, and I'm sure you've heard it. and I'm sure your listeners have heard it, that saturated fat leads to heart disease. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. You know, that's why everybody is so afraid of the ketogenic diet. Because, oh, if I eat all this fat, I'm just going to clog my arteries and I'm going to die. And there is a good meta-analysis. So in the world of research, like this is like a big review of what's out there. And a meta-analysis from 2010 that indicated there is no correlation. They found no evidence to suggest that saturated fat is going to cause the heart disease like everybody's thinking. And so, you know, I don't know when, back in the 50s, 60s, fat was so demonized and quit very quickly, sugar and carbs became like the it product, and it just stayed. And to me, that is what, you know, carbohydrates are probably one of the most unnecessary, in my personal opinion, one of the most unnecessary nutrients. And I've even heard other researchers talk about that. Like, it's just not a key nutrient because your body is able to react and is able to, you know, it has these other mechanisms in place to completely sustain life. So that was a side tangent, but I really thought the meta-analysis, the research there, you know, I just think more people need to know that fat shouldn't be demonized. And if you hear saturated fat is going to give you heart disease, here's a really great study that says there's no correlation. Yes. Gluconeogenesis, what you're referring to, that the body is able to create its own sugar from either fats or proteins is a pretty interesting thing that we have in our bodies. And that's really so that we're able to, you know, last a long time and not have to consume carbs when they're not as plentiful as we would like. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite an interesting thing. I know that I, my body has a little bit of issue doing gluconeogenesis because of adrenal dysfunction and thyroid stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. so it really depends on your body and, and that's, oh, absolutely. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a really cool function. And really with keto, what I love about keto is that is there's almost a reduction in food and to speak to your piece about, you know, we're always focusing on the food costs and how much it costs and all that stuff. When we went keto, we've cut our grocery bills like in half. So we're just not eating as much and mm-hmm. it allows us to purchase better food because we're not spending the right. copious amounts of money on all this stuff we don't actually need. And actually when I was at Expo West, I had strawberries that weren't organic and my throat gets this like phlegmy thing happening when I yeah. eat non-organic food. It's crazy. Like yep. I used to eat all non-organic and I would just eat whatever. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm totally displaying a reaction to the pesticides. Like mm-hmm. who even knew? Um, I know, right? Yeah. Like it just blows my mind how sensitive my body's gotten. And 
that's to me a blessing. So I know like I can make a choice. Do I want those strawberries? Yeah, I totally do. I'm going to have to deal with the phlegm in my mouth. That's totally fine. I can just make a conscious choice. More on my interview with Dr. James Geiselman after this message from one of our podcast partners. The podcast is sponsored by Manitoba Harvest, the hemp-based food company. I love using their hemp hearts as an oat replacement in any oat-based recipe from porridge to oatmeal, cookies, and everything in between. Hemp hearts are hemp seeds with the shells removed. They're tender, fatty, zero grams of net carbs, rich in omegas, fiber, and protein. Listeners of the podcast can get 15% off your Canadian or U.S.-based Manitoba Harvest order by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash hemp and using the coupon code KETO. That's KETO, all in caps, no spaces for 15% off. This offer is valid until August 31st, 2017. I know you're going to love them. And so you chatted a little bit about reversal of inflammation and um, we chat a little bit about the ketogenic diet and removing food sensitivities. Are there other things that people can do to reduce their overall inflammation? Say they've been eating dairy for 30 years and just found out that they're super sensitive to dairy. They're going to cut out the dairy. They're, you know, probably are already on a ketogenic diet if they're listening to the podcast. Are there other things like probiotics or omega fish oils or something that people can do in addition to those two steps? Oh, yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, everything comes back to the diet, to the gut, to what we eat. And I really think we could have a whole nother podcast talking about the gut microbiome. I mean, it is absolutely related to, and this is what I found so fascinating from class, it is absolutely related to everything possible, essentially, like everything comes back to the gut. It's been shown, you know, fibromyalgia, of course, you think of different gut, like Crohn's disease, colic, stuff like that, of course, coming from the gut. But we're talking like major depressive disorders, Alzheimer's, dementia, anxiety, depression, different neurological things, different types of cancer, colorectal cancer, gastric cancer, prostate cancer. Anyway, all that stuff comes back to the gut. So first and foremost, making sure that you are having a healthy gut, you know, which is twofold. You have to remove the foods that are causing the gut inflammation and this, in turn the systemic inflammation. So, you know, if you wake up and a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to get arthritis when they're old. And that's true. Everybody's going to have disc degeneration and degenerative joints. It's pretty much one of the guarantees in life if you live long enough. I think the stat is by like the time you're 80 years old, 96% of the population has some sort of degeneration going on. So, I mean, from the time that we're born, we start to degenerate. So a lot of that stuff, you know, comes back to inflammation though like you may have arthritis in your knees or in your hips or in your back but if you take out that inflammation you'll be amazed at how how well you feel like you still have arthritis like nothing has magically made the joints come back to life but it's just not as severe and so making sure that the diet is healthy for the inflammation is key i think we spent you know a lot of the podcast talking about that but every time somebody comes you know, for an online consultation or whatever, there are two supplements and I, and I recommend other supplements. Like again, not everybody is different. Everybody is different and not everybody's the same. So, you know, not everybody gets a cookie cutter approach to supplements, but two supplements that I can guarantee you that everybody will be recommended is an omega three, just because of the anti-inflammatory effects that that has. I mean, every cell in the body, the cell membranes are packed, you know, with fat, like that's what gives them the membrane. 
And so every cell in the body will use omega-3s. And so it's so important. We're not eating enough fish as a society. So you need those. And two is a probiotic. I mean, literally everybody that comes, you know, if any of your listeners want a consultation, we'll talk about that at the end. But those are two supplements that I would recommend. Probiotics and omega-3s because getting the GI system working properly first is the steps to going forward. Now, of course, you know, some patients may need prebiotics like a like a different greens mixture or digestive enzymes if the gut issue is the real big issue that's what i'll recommend a lot of the time prebiotics probiotics digestive enzymes to really make sure the gut is working properly but you know if it's if it's heart you know you can you can recommend omega of course the probiotics you know a lot of people t- uh, are taking statins in the world and need a coq10 because the coq10 levels actually decrease with statin usage so depending on what your problem is and what your goal is, that's the big thing too. You know, what is your goal? What's your ultimate outcome? It's not just a weight loss thing or it's not just I want to get rid of Hashimoto's or, you know, the goal should be overall health. And this is my opinion, of course. The goal should be what is your end, end result? Like I want to lead a better life with less medications or, you know, be more active for my children or, you know, you insert what is important to you and then... That's where, and and I'll say it's our job because your website has a lot of great resources for people. That's where it's our job to give you the tools, the resources to to do that. But ultimately, I can't tell you like what you need to, you know, care about in life. Like I don't have kids, but I would like kids in the future. So I want to do the steps now necessary to have a healthier life. Or, you know, maybe you do have kids now and you're just so run down all the time after work because everybody's work, work, work nowadays and the stress that's another thing we never talked about, just the stress on people and their daily lives can impact the GI health because you're obviously eating bad stuff. But just the stress of life can affect the adrenals, can affect the GI system. And so we have the resources to help you implement what your ultimate goals are. And that's the big picture for me. Like every time I help somebody, it's I love educating people, but I really love educating people who want to change and who want that information. You know, it's it, there's a difference between lecturing to a group of first year students who are there because they have to be there versus a group of fourth year students who are so specialized, they know exactly what they're doing, and they're there to soak up as much information as possible. And so I think that's where your listeners are. The list, Your listeners are in that group. Like, that's why they listen to the podcast every week. They want all this information. They want to, you know, and then ultimately they're going to go out and share it with others. And I sent you my food, my food test results, and you're welcome to put that on your website under the show notes if you want. I mean, just to have something to where people can print off and go show their friend like, hey, Becky, you know, I was listening to the podcast this week and this guy was reacting to kidney beans and green beans, like two healthy things that most people think are good for you. And he reacts to them. And so when you get your food test back, you know, you can show your friends like, hey, look, I'm reacting to chicken and spinach and apples. Like that's like the trifecta, right? Everybody knows that chicken, spinach and apples are healthy, but your body reacts that way. And so educating the group, the podcast, they'll go out and they'll educate others. And because these people, you know, this is what they love. They want to be better people. They want to help others. And that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's why what I why I do what I do every day, so that it can just be this you know triple effect 
a rather ripple effect um, right. and just help more people. Because you're right, when I was meeting with, you know, one-on-one with clients, some people wanted to be there, some people didn't. Um, and <laughs> yep. it was just one person. So that's why I transitioned to, you know, having the podcast, YouTube channel, because if a YouTube video does really well, I'm reaching 100,000 people. I can't even reach 100,000 people in my lifetime if I do one-on-ones. Right. Like, it's not even and a that's thing. that's the amazing thing about technology. Like, yeah. And, and to think cool. that all of those people, okay, we'll say 98%. So 98,000 of the 100,000 people wanted to watch your video yeah. and wanted that knowledge. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they just absolutely left the previous video up and your video started playing. Like, they sought out that information. And so that's the great thing. Like, it's not only a quantity effect, it's a quality effect. And it just, and so that's why I have the website. That's why I have social media. I'm always trying to put stuff on there that is what I would think would be beneficial for folks. But I always want to know what people want. Like, what do you want to know? You know, if you have a question about something like, hey, Dr. James, like, what is the correlation between this condition and a ketogenic diet? Is it beneficial? Like, I'll go online and I'll do research. Like, I'm constantly doing research because I'm constantly trying to learn. And I think that's another great thing. You want to find somebody such as yourself, such as myself, somebody who doesn't think that they know everything. Because if you become complacent and you, and you stop learning, I mean, that's a real issue. You know, whether it's obviously healthcare providers always have continuing education that they have to do for their licensure, but, but you should always want to continue to learn, always want to get better, grow in life, you know, do things to help others. And so that's exactly it. Like if you have questions, email me or shoot me a message on Instagram or what have you. And if it's like a ketogenic, you know, what's the relationship between this condition and ketogenic? I'll find the answer for you, but then I'll probably create some sort of post and share it with everybody else because that's the great thing. Like not only can you learn, you know, one-on-one, but we can share it somehow. We can put it on the website. And so that's what I'm always, I'm always hoping that people would just find the Instagram page and be like, Hey, Dr. James, what's this? Or I have a question about, you know, keto and intermittent fasting. Like I'm, and I'm great about responding to people, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, because I think it's just another element of educating. Exactly. And with food sensitivities, I know that I've gotten quite a few food sensitivity testing and I have concerns with false positives or false negatives. Can we chat a little bit about that and how they play into the work that you do? Yeah. So, you know, I've talked to the lab. So there's different types of tests out there. You know, there's, and the particular test that we use, the, or the lab that we use, uses the ELISA method, which I may have taken chemistry, but I'm definitely not a chemistry professor. So in a short podcast, I couldn't explain it to you to effectively do it justice. But I can send you the link to the website or to the lab and you can see what they use. But if you just Google ELISA method. So there's another test on the market called the MRT method, the mediated response. And so that particular test looks at a variety, I think a hundred and some odd different a hundred and some odd different things. Everything from food coloring and food dyes to, you know, the same foods that we're looking at. Um, our test looks at 95 of the most commonly eaten foods. And the reason we don't test for, you know, red dye number whatever or blue dye, you shouldn't be eating it anyway. It's kind of my mentality. Like we want to get away from the processed stuff, away from the dyed foods and back to the whole foods. And so that's what we're testing. We're testing the whole foods essentially. So you know, all the fruits you can think of, the citrus fruits, all the vegetables you can think of that are real common, the dairies, the glutens, 
the meats. You know, we test the lamb, the pork, the chicken. So that's what we're looking at. So what we find is that, you know, the lab that we use tries to, we test 95 things. They have 96 test containers, basically for each test. And the 96th container is kind of the foolproof, and nothing's foolproof in life, but basically it helps to look for any irregularities. So basically whatever is you know, in that batch, they'll subtract it from the rest. So they try to really make sure that the, what they're presenting you is as much fact as possible. But no matter what test, you're going to have false positives, you're going to have false negatives. So, you know, let's say that this time, you know, I reacted to dairy, eggs, and I take those out. Now, six months from now, and so that's another thing about food testing. This is just like an x-ray or just like an MRI. An x-ray is just a snapshot in time, okay? So it's just that one one hundredth or one one thousandth of a second image of your body, right? So things change. You know, a week from now, you could be in a car wreck, heaven forbid, and... Now, all of a sudden, you have muscle problems and your, your neck is, quote unquote, out of alignment or you've lost a cervical curve in your neck. Those x-rays would be different than your x-rays today. Same thing with these food sensitivity testing. So let's say I'm the dairy and the eggs. I take it out today. Six months from now, maybe I'm reactive to, again, the spinach, the apples, the oranges. So it's constantly changing. And so this is just a snapshot in time. So... Just like with any test, you know, nothing is 100% foolproof. But the fact that we can address the main triggers at this time is going to be key to getting you better long term. And I don't know if that really answered your question to the full extent, but that's how our lab, you know, U.S. Food Labs does it. So we send them the 90, we send them the sample card. They break it up into 96 different containers on the plate. They test all 96 containers, and that 96th one is a control. So that control, you know, if there's a reaction to it, they can see that there was a reaction to everything, and that's how they uh, account for it. So it's uncommon to have that, but, I mean, it's still there, and I'm, I'm not going to say any test. I don't think any test on the market is 100%. And if it is, please let me know if you find one. Yes, yeah, definitely. I, I want that. <laughs> I still haven't found it. Um, but I do feel like for what's out there now, like this is, you know, one of the best we have. And sometimes I hear on podcasts like, oh, it's not IgG testing isn't isn't good. It's not as good as IgE testing. And, and you have to understand we're testing two completely different things. IgE testing, you know, can be done with a blood sample or with a skin testing. Like if, if anybody's ever gone to an allergist and they've had allergy testing done, you know, it's a bunch of little needle pokes and you look at for a skin reaction. That's completely different. This is a test that I send you in the mail. And you literally, it's just like a diabetic testing their blood sugar. So, you know, you test your, you prick your finger, you put the samples on there, and then you send it back to the lab. So, I mean, when you're comparing apples and oranges, you know, I think there's always going to be an issue there. But I will say for, for looking at IgG, this is a great method. And yeah. Very awesome. So where can people find you? And I understand that you've put together a little offer for our listeners. I have. Yeah, awesome. um, so I'm on Instagram at Dr. James DC, and I think you'll have that on your website under the notes. Yep. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I have a Facebook page. You know, come like me on both. Instagram is kind of my go-to hub um, where I'm always posting on Instagram, always trying to answer questions if you have any. And then from there, I can share simultaneously on Facebook. 
I'm also online at www.drjamesdc, so drjamesdc.com. And that's where you can come learn more about food sensitivity testing. You can learn about our TriWell program, which we really didn't talk about. But that's basically the, the TriWell, so it has three foundations, so the food testing, the ketogenic diet, and the intermittent fasting. And so that's kind of like a doctor-supervised weight loss. That can be done anywhere. You don't have to be in Illinois. None of this has to be done in Illinois. I can send you the test. We can do the consultations online. And what I will say in terms of the package, so what I've come up with, and I'm sure if your listeners have looked at uh, food testing before, you know, they've probably seen some outrageous numbers. I've seen some doctors charge six, seven, eight hundred dollars for this. I think that's way too much for the testing in terms of I would rather make, and I, and I heard this on another podcast, I would ra- rather make one dollar from a million people than a million dollars from one person. And to break that down is I really want to help as many people as I possibly can. You know, there's obviously a lab test and there's only so low you can go. But seven, eight hundred dollars for a test. I mean, I'm not looking to buy a vacation home in Florida. So the package that I've come up with is if you go to the website and you hit the contact form, you know, either in the subject heading or in the first line of the sentence, just write the keto diet podcast to let me know that you heard it on here. And what you'll get is you'll get the free consultation. So we'll do a free consultation first, which is 15, 20 minutes via Skype or via phone call, whichever works for the listener. And we'll do the consultation because, believe it or not, just like a keto diet or a paleo diet isn't for everybody, food sensitivity testing may not be for everybody. So we'll go over your health history. We'll go over some information. And we'll determine whether or not you're a good candidate. And I will tell you that most of the patients that come to me are good candidates candidates because they have tried everything else. But occasionally, you'll have somebody who, you know, maybe have listened to a podcast, may have read something in a magazine, and they think, oh, well, maybe I have this. But with my background and training, I may be able to say, no, I think you need to see your primary care, or I think you may need to see XYZ. So you get the free consultation. And then what we're going to do is we're going to knock $50 off of the purchase price. And there's absolutely no expiration for this. So, you know, in four years from now, when I'm still doing food te- sensitivity testing, if you listen to this podcast and you think, oh, you know, I, I want, you know, I want to do this, the offer still stands. And based on that food list, what we're going to do is in two to three weeks, so it usually takes 10 to 12 days to get the results back. And so what we're going to do in two to three weeks, we're going to set up a follow-up appointment where I'm going to send you your results, but we're also going to give you a customized food list. So in that initial consultation, I'm going to find out, you know, are you on a ketogenic diet? If you're on a ketogenic diet, obviously with the foods, with the customized food list, we're not going to recommend a lot of the fruit. You can still have a few berries and things, but we're not going to recommend the fruit necessarily. So it's going to be very customized to you. And so you'll have a list that you can take to the grocery store and you can know exactly what, you know, you should buy based on your own lab results. These are not my blood results. These aren't Leanne's blood results. These are your personal blood results. So that's the package. So just type in the Keto Diet Podcast. It's a free consultation. We'll do $50 off, and we're going to give you the customized food list specifically based on not only your blood work, but what type of diet you're trying to follow, if you're trying to follow any diet. That is awesome. I'm so yep. excited for this. Totally. Thank you so much for putting that together for everyone. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we've hit the end of our show. Oh my gosh, I could ask you so many more questions and I could talk with you for like 40,000 more hours. <laughs> um, so I didn't even get to all the things I wanted to ask you. We just 
like got just to the tip of the iceberg. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll definitely have to have you back again. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E33. And we will see you guys next week. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.